Appreciate so much every testimony. Appreciate the good time we had at the picnic on Monday. And everybody that just uh, brought something or helped out in some way or or uh, something I didn't mention or all of the above. God bless you for it. Amen. First Timothy 3. feel like uh, here recently I told you I was just going to talk a little bit about very practical matters, talking about the home and and just our walk with God in, in very, very simple terms. Things that you've heard. Isn't it amazing how you can just kind of go back and you know uh, so much about what it means to have a Christian home and a, and a walk with God. But then, you know, you just hear it again and it, the Holy Ghost just challenges you. Just brings it right up to your face as you know this. But let's think about it. How are we doing? And I want to talk. Brother Dave was kind of all over it and just... Uh, just church. And this is something I have a little uh, notepad app on my phone that I put down things that God just kind of drops in my spirit. And and uh, sometimes I've told you before, it's kind of like in the crock pot. Sometimes it's kind of in there for a while. And this has been on my note in my notes for months and months and months. But uh, I feel this tonight. Praise God. We turn to first Timothy three, verse 15. Father, we love you. Again, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you for, Lord, the strength that you've already ministered to us, God. And, Lord, I ask you, please, to just minister again, Lord, through your word and help us to look at this and help us to consider, Lord, our our walk with you, God, and what we are doing for your kingdom. We love you. We praise you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Timothy 3, verse 15, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God and the pillar and the ground of truth. You may be seated. Praise God. We could take some time on that next verse about how God was manifested in the flesh. How many believe in one God tonight? Amen. We know there's only one. Hallelujah. Appreciate the revelation of who Jesus is. Church. Hallelujah. There sadly is uh, there are a lot of misunderstandings about what we what the point is, really. You know, there's a lot of churches in America today and around the world. And a lot of folks would consider themselves uh, faithful to a church to a certain degree. But one thing we are up against in this last day more than ever are misconceptions of what church ought to be when we come in the door. Years ago, we heard someone speaking. I think it might have been on the radio, but uh, I think later we had seen them in person. Someone who was talking about homeschooling and they were going down all their the ideas about school and learning and things that are really kind of taken for granted. They were asking the question, what's the point? You're doing this, but do you know why you're doing it? And if you don't know what the point is, maybe you either need to find out what the point is or do something to get you where you're going that has a point to it. Too often folks just do things that they're not, their heart's really not in it. Or there's no real purpose in it. I remember growing up and uh, at one time talking to our pastor, who was my grandfather at the time, and, uh, and uh, I asked him, why, why do we do something that we do? And, and uh, it just didn't seem like there was much of a point to it. And the answer came back, we've been doing that since before you were born. Never did get a real answer. And for someone that has a desire to get to the point, to have purpose in what we are doing, that's a really not a great answer to say, well, we've been doing it for a long time. You know, sometimes people do things that are pretty foolish. And uh, it's a good thing to change and start being wise. 
what we do when we come in the door, from the time we enter to the time we leave, we have prayed and considered what we do and how we do it and the point of it. But what I have found very often is though it's very simple and we're going to talk about just uh, an average church service that sometimes what happens is like everything else in the world and very important things, what we don't need is some new revelation or some new understanding. But we need to look at the very simple things of what we do and say, is my heart really in it? Am I doing what I need to be doing. Say, well, I'm going to church. Yeah, but let's let's look a little closer. You went to church. You came to church today. That was a good decision. And it was a decision that you made. You could have done so many other things, but you came to church. You made up your mind. I'm going to be there. Maybe, like I said, it wasn't easy. Maybe it was inconvenient. Maybe you're very tired today, but you made it a priority to come to church. And I commend you on that. But now that you're here, let's get the most out of it. And let's understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. When we come into the house of God and we spend some time in prayer, let me tell some of you right now, I think I may have told you this before, but Several that have come to me recently that have, are new in the church that, that were so surprised. Hey, these folks come and pray. They, they come and get their focus on God right away. Can I tell you how important that is? Now, I know we spend some time welcoming one another. And I don't want to take anything away from that. Some of you might say, Brother Foster, you know, there's a whole lot too much talking going on. Probably right. But but let me tell you, I do think it's important that we, we do welcome people. We do let them know that we're excited to see them. I've seen a lot of problems happen because people come and they're never greeted and they go out the door early because they're not engaged in an altar service. And, and that human connection was not really made. And we want to make that. Yeah. And loving people, Jesus said that's pretty important. So we want to welcome people. We want them to feel welcome. We want them to know we're excited to see them. We want to make that real connection with people because God said loving one another, as I said, is is uh, like the first and great commandment. But then we want to get into prayer. That's not a very common thing nowadays. Pre-service prayer. We call it pre-service, but it's part of the service. And, and to spend some time, some quality time talking to God. Amen. Spend some time, all the distractions and all the things that are going to pull you, try to work against you. How many know? See, the point is, we want to get in spirit. We want to get in the presence of God. The point is, we want to hear from God. Amen. Our best of getting together. Hey, we have, we have good picnics. But this isn't a picnic. We have a good time when we get together. Amen. But we want more than just a good fellowship meeting. We want God to move. We want God to move in a special way. I told somebody the other day that if you can really get into the presence of God, amazing things will happen. But we know that there's a battle. We know that distractions happen. We know that sometimes we come to church. We've got a lot on our plates. So prayer helps us with that. Prayer helps us get that focus on God. I know a lot of folks, when they first come to church, they don't understand that. They're used to something that's more of a social gathering and less of a very specific point that we're trying to to accomplish, and that's get in the presence of God. And see, the thing is, one of the things we're working against is a lot of this. If you're not really serious about the point, it gets uncomfortable because, you know, I'm sitting here and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't, I don't know what to do. And people are praying, well, you go ahead and pray. Well, I'm not really comfortable and I'm not really, but that's, what's right. That's a good thing. You ought to pray. Jesus said, my father's house is called a house of prayer among all nations. Amen. So that's what the Bible says. 
And again, people can be, oh, you know, wouldn't it be better if we had a coffee stand over here and some donuts so we could hang out? And, you know, before the church starts, at least I know what I'm doing. I keep my hands occupied and eating, you know. And a lot of things that people are looking for, it honestly, if you get down to the point, if you're not serious about really hearing from God and getting in the presence of God, you're going to be uncomfortable. Because we're going to come and we're going to get our focus on God and start praying. And we'll welcome you. But, hey, it's prayer meeting. That means we're going to talk to God. We're going to pray for the preacher. You need to be praying for me that God will give me direction and help me. Amen. Be praying that, that God, you know, Paul said, pray for me that I can have liberty in the spirit. Amen. You ought to pray with a purpose. You've got something to pray about. This is serious business. Amen. This is serious. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, whatever you might do. Uh, uh, you know, your hobby or your job, you know, getting ready for the day and, and, and getting prepared for that. That's what prayer does for us. I got a long way to go and I don't know if I'm going to get there today, but listen, um, have, have purpose in that. You sit there and, you know, I'm talking to somebody that's, that's, uh, you know, you, you, you're on your way to heaven. You've turned from your sin. You've, you've come to church. You want to be here. You make a, uh, you know, some of you drive a long way to be in church. Some of you, you come after work, you're tired or, uh, and, and, and so I'm not telling you, you got to do as good as somebody else, but, but don't be lax in your prayers. Put your heart into that. If you don't really pray, if you sit and kind of be distracted and not really, really put your heart into it. It's going to be tougher to hear from God. It's going to be tougher to have amazing things happen. Amen. When we worship, this is the one that's really a lot of people have come to me that that, uh, you know, when they first come to church and and, uh, you know, I want to know the words to the songs. And and I and I and I try to tell them, I say, you know, do you see a lot of people singing? Well, I like to sing. I understand that. I do. I like to sing, too. But a lot of times what has happened, and this has been a point, this has been on purpose. The point is not that we sound like a choir. Right? The point is not that we can enjoy a song and feel good about ourselves. The point is to get in the presence of God and see amazing things happen. God can heal. God can fill with the Holy Ghost. God can deliver in his presence. Now, you know, if we're singing, you know, uh, I, I'm not I'm, I don't have anything against hymns. I love hymns. And if we could get them all, we sing every line, every syllable and we get into harmonies. Right. And, uh, you know, my my wife talks sometimes about how her granddad used to lead singing at a church and he'd have one. He'd sing them in around, you know, everybody ought to know, everybody ought to know, everybody, ought, you know. <laughs> You know, kind of like a row, row, row your boat, row, row. And he'd get that kind of thing going. And, oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, but how many people got the Holy Ghost? Gently down the stream. (laughs) What I found is especially, you know, one of the first things I did when I came here was bought some really nice hymn books. And it didn't take long for me to say, I need to take all the hymn books. Because what happened is everybody was doing this, you know. Where could I go but to the Lord? I don't feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. But when we we want God to move and and set somebody free and have something going on like it was happening tonight. Amen. You know, it takes something to get that. I, I, I love Christian music. I love... I love a lot of different songs, but I'm not here because uh, of any of that. I'm here to, the Bible says Jesus said to worship me in spirit and in truth. And I'm telling you that if we let God start working, I'm telling the, the people are filled with the Holy Ghost. People are blessed. People are strengthened. People hear from God. God works in beautiful ways when we just come into his presence. It's so amazing. So worship But I'm going to ask everybody here, I want to ask you, what about your worship experience? Does it come and does it go? Where's your heart? Where's your purpose? What's the point? Amen. 
Are you hearing me? When you are, you know, I I remember I've I've taught this before already. I've gone into different restaurants that maybe had a cuisine from another uh, another country. And, you know, they set some things out. I went to one place here in town years ago and I said, I want a cup of coffee. And they brought me out a contraption I had never seen before. And I said, what do I need to do with this? How do you drink this? How do you do this? They had some, and they showed me what to do and how to do it. And, and it was really good when it was all done, but somebody had to show me. It was very foreign to me, literally. So when we come into the presence of God, the question is, you, you understand what the Bible says. We, we have teaching on what God prescribes as worship. Not just kind of this dead, dry, going through the motions, kind of just sing-alongs, but loving God. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, being engaged in this, putting your heart into this. It's hard for folks that aren't used to that. It's hard for people that maybe that's not really what they're looking for. They're not looking for the point. They want to go to church and be able to say, I went to church. They want to feel good about themselves. They want to fulfill a duty. They don't want to really, they're not looking for an experience in God that, that, that really is true worship, which Jesus said is in spirit and in truth. So it would be so much easier to be able to say, just give me a song to sing. If you can't give me a book, can you put it up here, please? And we want you focused on a little bit higher. So, so worship. Amazing things will happen when you come into the presence of God. We had some testimonies tonight. Amazing things can happen when people just want to be a blessing. Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If I'm not the one testifying, I want to be the one that that is at least acting like they're interested. (laughs) It shouldn't be so hard to. To, to be interested if somebody's talking about how great God is. Amen. If they're saying, let me tell you what God did for me and how God blessed me. And, and, and testimony service needs to be about God. Yes. We need to be lifting him up and exalting him. Right. We need to. Make sure it's it's never lifting ourselves up or any kind of bragging at all. And certainly not any anybody like the Pharisee that says, I'm glad I'm not like so-and-so. Now, I've never heard anybody so much call a name, but I've I've been in services already years ago where where somebody's getting up and just kind of taking a little little shot at somebody. You know, uh, that's we don't need that in church. This is not about that. But as testimonies are going forth, can I just go ahead and add to when we give and when we when we are it's worshiping God, we are we're involved in it. Our hearts are engaged in it. We're not our minds aren't wandering because God can talk to you. God can help you. What's exciting to me is that there are men and women in this church and 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 boys and girls, young people that that have a real experience with God. And when you say, you know what God did for me, it's a blessing. When you share with the church, hey, let me tell you how excited I am. That excites us. That's right. And we ought to to encourage that. We ought to, you know, sometimes uh, there's so much that can be said, and I, I, we want to get somewhere here tonight. But sometimes maybe somebody testifies or Sometimes maybe somebody preaches or says something and, and, and maybe there's a mistake or maybe there's a, a, a little bit of this, this you know, humanity showing through. Hey, we're on the same team. You know, some of us are still trying to grow up. Some of us are trying, still trying to learn and mature in God. And, and, and you know, get, root, root for them. Be excited for them. How immature is it? Somebody's just trying to do their best and they stumble or they're they're just not as perfect as you probably think you are. And you just (laughs) hear what they said. If that's all you got out of it, how small minded is that? But I'll tell you what you can do. You can care and you can love and amen. 
Can you imagine what a bully would, but what kind of bully it would take to come to maybe your children or grandchildren? Ah, look at them and look at how they, they slur their words and look at how they stumble. What a, what a, what an insecure idiot. Amen. But people come to church and, and see people that are just growing and learning, trying their best trying to do something good, trying to do something. They could be out there doing who knows what. And they're in churches trying to do something that is positive. Support that. Get excited about that. We've had enough bad experiences out there in the workforce or the playground. We've seen the cliques. We've seen the, the insecurity. We've seen the bullies. Not in God's house. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But every part of every service, being engaged in it, every part, just just being present. You know what that means? Focus. Right? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Hey, do you have struggle with that? Hello? But but the thing is, we, we all, to a degree, may struggle with that. I do my best. Somebody Sunday morning, uh, it was Dalton. He said, you know what? I didn't sleep all night. And it's hard to sleep when you're up there. I said, well, sorry if I kept you awake. <laughs> there was a the man from Egypt that we invited that worked at, who was a manager at uh, uh, Round the Clock. His, his name, it was so funny. I asked him what his name was. Well, he's just a very kind man. And he said, uh, I said, what's your name? He said, my first name is Joseph. My second name is Joseph. They call me Jojo. <laughs> and said, come on out to church. We'd love to have you. And he said that he came out. He came out with his brother. It was funny because we had the carpet all ripped up at that time. And they came and it was like echo chamber in here. And he said, oh, it was so good. My brother could not even sleep. <laughs> like that was his goal. So, uh. But we got to look at our, what is our goal? Why are you doing what you're doing? You know, sometimes it might not be just as exciting as you, you would hope it to be. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. I love special services. I love revival services. I love big conference meetings and things like that. But you know something? We, we cannot allow ourselves to be kind of just addicted to the wow factor of things. Sometimes it just really needs to be down-to-earth, practical things that we recognize we need that and engage in that because that is really our walk with God day by day. Sometimes it's not always just excitement. So everything, every part of the service, the worship, is your heart in it? Why not? Why not? I tell you what, it's hard for me sometimes when I see people disengaged from that chronically, regularly. It it makes me want to just kind of say, hey, let's talk about what's going on. Because there's a point to this. There's a point to what we're doing. We want you, you have needs, you have struggles and trials, and, and you've got an enemy fighting you. But if we can spend this time together focusing on the purpose and the point of it, and every part of every service has a point to, to come into the presence of God, to be renewed in strength, to be edified and built up, the Bible says, and to be discipled. That's where we're getting. Because something that is missing in a lot of churches is that, that discipleship, that recognition that we're not just here for something that people consider a quick conversion, a decision for Christ. But to come in, and Jesus said to make disciples, teaching them. It really translated from the King James. Well, the King James is teaching them, all men. But from the original, it's making disciples. That that we are going to, to learn how to be followers of Jesus. And if you look at what Jesus did to make disciples, and really what the apostles did to continue on and make disciples, it was very personal. It wasn't this corporate kind of business that we come in and go through the motions. The Bible calls it a form of godliness. But when we can together enter in the presence of God, let God work, miracles can happen. Things you're struggling with, things that are 
you're struggling with on a personal level, things that you're struggling with on a family level, things we struggle as a church together. And even past that, things that are a struggle in the community, in the nation, I, I believe if, if we can just get to the point of what God is trying to do, really allow God to, to strengthen and, and direct us in his will and in his wisdom, we can go home and, and, and home can be a better place. We can go home and, and the things that we're dealing with in our minds and in our, in our spirits can be better. Preaching, teaching the word, the point of it, to recognize that, that, God, that, that God is trying to plant something in us, trying to get out the junk that has been put there through whatever might have been a, a, a bad situation, a, a, a home that wasn't a Christian home, or a culture that is trying to tell you, I was going to say tell you your identity, but now it seems like they're trying to mess that up and nobody knows who they are or what they are. But that that we come into church and that we're listening, we're paying attention, and God's going to tell you the truth. The truth about who he is, the truth about who you are, the truth about what he thinks about you and, and, and what we can do in him to, to make a difference. Just go through the motions and have a pretty sermonette from the preacher that, and that we uh, stand back and, and say that we, we heard, but we're not really engaged in that. Again, like worship, if you're not serious about really the point of it, you may get uncomfortable. Because the Word of God, the Bible says, in the book of James, it's like looking into the perfect law of liberty. It's a mirror that's going to show you some things you need to clean up. Now, he is also, if you read it in Galatians, he's also, he talks about the washing of the water of the word of God. So he's not only going to show it to you, confront you with it, but he's going to wash you and help you. But he tells us over and over and over again, he that hath an ear, let him hear. So we got to listen. We got to pay attention. Not just pay attention in a trivia kind of way that I can ask you a question. Hey, what did I just say? What was that Bible verse? But a deeper level that you can say, you know, I mean, how many times have we heard it? You know, people just testifying and saying, it's what I needed. It's what I needed. God was dealing with me. So, So when we come to the house of God... Every part of every service is it's not to be just brushed over or taken lightly. But, God, we want you to be working and moving in each part. We want to we, we don't want to be in too much of a hurry that God can't just move and, and, and do what he wants to do. We can't have some preconceived idea what I want him to do. That'll always get us in trouble. And it's just practical. I told you just going to talk to you for a little while. About practical church, even after church, we don't just kind of shut it down and and close. We want to take a little bit of time in prayer, take a little time uh, around the altar if we can to just talk to God and say, Lord, uh, apply this to me. I want to take this out the door with me. Have you have you thought about that lately? As you, as you sit and, and how many times you hear the word of God and, and uh, to take some time and say, okay, God, I want that to impact my life. Because there needs to be a point. I don't ever want to get up in this pulpit and preach to you and think, somebody can say, so what was the point? I don't know. <laughs> Not really sure what I was trying to say. Wouldn't that be crazy? But God has a point for each one of us. Sometimes, many times, he's going to challenge us. He's going to make us look at, at our lives, our relationship with him. Look at our, our, our relationships with one another in our home and in the church and in the community and, and where we work. And, and challenge us and say, you know, I want to be more like Jesus. Praise the Lord.
So we come to the altar, we spend some time praying and after the service and just say, God, put it in me and, and change me and take away my, just, just who I am and my, the best I can do is just altogether vanity. My righteousness is as filthy rags. But God, if you can just put that in me, change my life. I don't want to just be a hearer of the word, but I want to be a doer. So every part of the service, we really need to be engaged. We really need to understand the point of what we're doing and say, okay, that's important. I need that. Listen, some of you are going through hard times. Some of you are really fighting battles. God sees what you're going through. Don't, don't take lightly how God would, could just kind of reach down. Maybe, maybe even just a young person standing up and, and being honest and, and testifying. And God just gives you what you need. God does something in that. You don't realize just how when you just let God work in you. Uh, there could be somebody here tonight, all the all the great testimonies and maybe just something, something like Sister Becca saying, you know, I'm just glad I can run to him. And that just resonates with somebody. You know, it kind of hits deep like, oh, you know, maybe I should run to him right now. Maybe I've I've been walking away from him. Maybe I've been drifting. Maybe there's some things in my every part of every service. If you just do what you can do. Somebody that's. We're talking about people that are that are Christian, people that love are, are serving God, you know, just to be able to reach out and pray with somebody and and, and just just to, during worship or during the altar service and just let God work through you. It, it, it's a blessing. It's a blessing when when everybody can just be engaged in what's going on. But what I was saying earlier about discipleship, it goes far beyond even just what happens in church, doesn't it? Growing in God, I think a lot of people don't recognize this. You know, sometimes it's hard for people to get to more than one service. I know that sometimes schedules are really bad. But you know what? It's so hard to just kind of come to one service and get there, get everything you can, and leave, and and really be a part of discipleship. It takes a lot more than that. Sometimes if it's just one service, you get, you're not getting maybe some teaching that, that, that might be for the home or might be for for how to be more effective in the outreach and, or, or different things. And, and, and I mean, some people, you got to do the best you can, but it goes beyond even just two or three services a week, doesn't it? When we read in, in Matthew, the 13th chapter, turn with me to it. Jesus is so, it's so important. I know we turn to it often, but Matthew 13, Jesus begins to preach and he's preaching in parables and the first parable is an illustration about how God's kingdom works at a very basic level that the sower goes forth and sows the seed and and he is has a message about how the word faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God Romans 10 says and he said that's like a sower that goes out sowing or planting seeds but not everybody that's getting this the word preached to them gets it the same way some of them have hard packed earth that just it doesn't really penetrate down anywhere and as soon as it lays down on their hearts, uh, some some bird comes and snatches up the seed. And he said, that's like the devil that just comes and distracts you and steals what you needed. Yeah. Right. He goes on and talks about others that have stony hearts that, you know, the w- word gets down a little bit and starts to grow. But you know what? After a while, it doesn't really get deep enough. So trials and troubles that come and they do not if they come. When they come, they don't endure because the sun comes out and they just dry up because they didn't really have any depth. It also talks about the thorny ground, about the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, and all the things that choke out the word that grows, but other things that should be plucked out, should be weeded out, choke out the word and don't allow it to bring forth any fruit. But there's good ground. 
that the word is planted in it and it brings forth good fruit. That's that's what God's looking for. Well, he didn't really just explain it all like that when he first told it. He just said some seed fall by the wayside, the birds come eat it up. Some fall in shallow ground and immediately springs up. But because it had no depth of earth, it dries away when the sun comes out. Talks about the thorns. And, and he said, just says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. So the Bible says that uh, the disciples come around then and uh, asked him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? I've said this many times. I'm going to say it again here. I was told as a young person in, in uh, vacation Bible school that parables are heavenly stories, earthly stories with heavenly meanings. And he tells this to make it simple and clear for everybody to understand. And that is 100% not what Jesus said. Completely opposite of what Jesus said. He just made, made an illustration so everybody could understand it perfectly. No. He said, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. So who's, what's the difference between you and them? The only thing that I can see between you and them is you came and asked some questions. You came and dug a little deeper. You weren't just interested in going through the motions of saying, boy, church was really good. Love that farmer story that he told. And somebody say, do you know what the point of it was? Uh Uh-uh. No, but I'll tell you what, if we hurry, Taco Bell's open. (laughs) So they felt good about themselves, and that's all that mattered. Um, But Jesus said, whosoever hath to him shall be given and have more abundance, but whosoever hath not him shall from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not. Hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear and not understand, seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For this people's, here it is, for the people's hearts are wax gross, their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. They were interested in a religious experience, but they weren't really interested in the point. So really what I'm trying to say to you is, Sometimes we have to dig a little deeper. Sometimes we have to inquire a little bit farther. Sometimes it's perfectly acceptable, in fact, desirable of God that we come and say, you know what? I, I, I don't want to look dumb, but I, I'm, I feel like there's more that I'm missing. Don't feel bad about that. Nicodemus came by night to ask some questions. Nicodemus, I I don't know, maybe he just felt foolish. Don't feel foolish. If you need help, there's help. Nicodemus, I I don't know, he was a leader. And and, and Jesus starts telling him, hey, uh, you must be born again. Born again. See, you still, I'm missing something here because I'm an old man. And and being born again a second time seems very strange to me. And he's saying, I'm telling you about a spiritual birth. Just like the disciples came and, and said, you know what, uh, everybody's seemed like they really loved it. Uh, and uh, we're, we're not sure what you're talking about. And he said, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Sometimes we need help to learn, to grow, to, to be discipled. Sometimes it takes more than just pulpit ministry. Sometimes we need help from one another, from, from the pastor, from a, a seasoned brother, sister, that, that, that can help us really, really learn and grow in some things. There, there's some things, I, I'll be honest, I've learned, I've learned a lot of things the hard way. I've learned a lot of things the hard way. And I have a burden to be able to take the things I've learned and, and be able to say, hey, you, don't ha- you can learn from my mistakes. Right, right. If your marriage just doesn't seem like it's heaven on earth, whoo, <laughs> chilly in here. Sometimes you need some help. Right, right. Don't be ashamed of that. Right, yes, sir. 
Listen, pay attention, get a hold of everything you can. God's going to talk to you and deal with you and help you be a better husband, a better wife. But sometimes it needs to go farther than that. That's all right. Don't be embarrassed. Don't think you're a bother. Sometimes you say, oh, I'm, I'm having battles with temptation or I'm having battles with, uh, with, with my mind just beating me up and I, and I can't get away from it. That's why we have each other to help, to be there, to pray together. Sometimes, sometimes the Bible talks about there's safety in a multitude of counsel. Sometimes you need some. Sometimes it's, don't be embarrassed. Sometimes I... I you pray for me. I, I, I've seen some things already in my life. And as a pastor, just things where I thought was so simple and so easy. And I see the answer right there. And I preach and I preach and I preach. And I don't see people just getting a hold of it. And I think, well, maybe they're just not listening. Maybe they're not paying attention. Maybe if I just kind of reach out and say, hey, here's something that would help you so much. And I find out they didn't really want it in the first place. That's why they weren't hearing it before. But if you need help, ask for help. It is so devastating to me to think that people suffer silently in church. You can get so much from the presence of God, from worship, from prayer, from corporate prayer, from where we pray together, from the preaching and, 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 and all that we do. But sometimes you say, I'm missing something. That's all right. It's all right. I've been there. Amen. Made a lot of mistakes. You're not gonna, you're not gonna shock and appall me. We've, we've, we've been through a lot, and we've seen a lot. And we've helped a lot, and it breaks my heart when, when people just kind of go their way and, and kind of spin out of control when there was help available. You don't need to do that. Discipleship, the kind of church that I believe Jesus built. That the gates of hell shall not prevail against is not just this clean kind of uh, 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 cookie cutter kind of idea that is just a, a formulaic response to what we know just works. Hey, there's some things that work, but sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we need a little bit more help than just what might just be seem to be the easy way. That's all right. That's all right. Sometimes. People really struggle, and I, I know sometimes it's the hardest thing to be able to say, hey, I'm weak. Hey, I'm messing up. I remember preaching messages already from this pulpit and saying, you know, God, I, I can't make you do right, and God won't. He won't make anybody. But if you want to make it, you've got to get desperate sometimes. And you got to swallow your pride and say, I just need help. I need you to pray with me. I need you to tell me what I'm missing. I need some accountability. In days like these that sin is so prevalent, and and, and I've said it probably the last two or three services at least, the the scandals that that, that have been uh, opened up in public from churches that, uh, that should have been dealt with long before it ever got that bad. How sad is that? But we got to work together. We got to work together. Every, you know what happens? Everybody wants a great church. Everybody wants a great church experience. We all know what it ought to be. And I'll tell you, we have room to grow and get better. But there's so few sometimes that say, okay, I'm here. Sign me up to be a part of that help and support that when people stumble, when people fall, people need help. I want to be a help. I want to be somebody that, that, that helps the church be engaging, something that, that God can move. And I want, to, I want to put my heart into this, and I want to see that I can be a strength to those that are weak. If we work together, we can grow and, and be more of what God wants us to be. Got a lot against us. Like I said, there's a lot of people that are looking for this kind of modern idea of, uh, of what church is, but personal Connected discipleship like Jesus did, like like we see throughout the Bible, takes all of us. It takes all of us working together. It takes all of us not playing church, not acting like we got something when we're really, really hurting. It says in Psalm 133, if we turn to it in closing. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. 
I've read to you many times in Colossians about how we need to endeavor to keep the unity and the bond of peace. Got to work hard at it. A lot against it. I'll tell you, day by day, I, I think sometimes why everybody's not just having as much fun as we are. You know, if we do this right and we work together for the kingdom of God, it's a battle and it's a struggle. And sometimes we, we got to deal with problems and disappointments and that's difficult. But you know what? Working through whatever we got to face together, what a blessing that is. We ought not have to worry about fussing with one another, fighting with one another. If we're all working for that same point, that same purpose that God has for us. Look what it says there at the end of verse 3. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. This can be amazing for you. This can be amazing for us if we put our hearts into God's purpose. Everything that we're doing. Everything that we're doing. From the time we walk in the door to the time we leave till after that, when we're praying for one another and, in, and, and, and fellowship with one another and, and uh, eating together, <laughs> picnics and things, you know, we, we have a, there's a purpose in it. Don't ever veer off that. Think about it. Pray about it. God, there's a point to what we do. There's a point to every part of every service and, and every day, God, he's called us into his kingdom for a purpose. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? God's working in this last day. God's helping us. It doesn't surprise me one bit when folks are going through hard times, questions, struggles, battles. But we need to go through it together. We need to strengthen one another, build one another up, and have an atmosphere in church that we can have that support before things spin out of control. Thank God for brothers and sisters that want to be a help, want to be a blessing. They want to be pillars. in church but sometimes it's hard to say you know today's the day when I'm I'm struggling I'm hurting don't don't be ashamed of that don't be too proud to be able to say I need help that's part of the discipleship process that's part of this the, the growth of a child of God to recognize that Sometimes you're the help, sometimes you're the helper, sometimes you're the one that needs help, but that's all right. Don't be embarrassed. Don't think you're a bother. Please, please don't ever think you're just too much trouble to receive help. That's why the church is here, to be that support seen a lot of battles over the years. The enemy's fighting hard. The, the enemy's fighting dirty. But we want you to make it. We want you to... We want to see you in heaven. We want to see you blessed all your way there and, and being a part of what God is doing. We want to help you tear down the strongholds that, that work against you and see you shine in God's will. Let's find a place to pray. Let's take some time and apply this to us. If you're not going through a battle right now, if you don't feel like you're you're the one that needs help, pray how you can be a help. Ask God how you can be a help. Ask God how you can strengthen what God is trying to do in this last day. If you're struggling, if you're hurting, please know there's help here for you. You pray, you reach out to God. God can make a difference right here and right now. But if, if you go on and you feel like you just 
not able to get that victory, reach out for help. The Bible talks about calling, calling and reaching. The elders of the church pray for you. simple preaching, very simple teaching, but that every one of us is engaged in every part that God can work through it, but also recognizing when you walk out these doors, it's not over. When you walk out and drive home, it's not over. God wants to help you. always me. I'm the problem. I'm the... No, don't let... That's not true. We all fight a battle. We all have things we're working on. Let let God help you. Let God help you. Uh, others that have been helped and His presence is, is working in His people to give you strength. The Bible talks about iron sharpening iron. That's why we're here, to help sharpen you, not to beat you down, not to, not to bring condemnation, but to help you be saved, be blessed, and that God be working in your life, through your life. Let's all stand. Father, thank you for the blessings. Lord, the blessings of your house, the blessings of your presence. Lord, we pray, God, you just continue to work through us. Help your people, Lord. Just be overcomers in every situation, every circumstance, God. Keep your hand upon us, Lord, as we travel. Keep us in safety and in health in this last day, God, of darkness. And, Lord, shine your light. Work through us, God, for your glory. We love you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church. Good to see you tonight.